بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين In the previous episode we saw how the brothers of Yusuf عليه السلام had made a plan and they went to their father asking for his permission to send Yusuf with him So Yaqub عليه السلام eventually agrees to allow Yusuf to go out with them. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, فَلَمَّا ذَهَبُوا بِهِ When they went with him, they had gone out. وَأَجْمَعُوا أَنْ يَجْعَلُوهُ فِي غَيَابَةِ الْجُبِّ And they had all agreed to put him in the bottom of the well. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِ And we inspired to Yusuf alayhi salam, لَتُنَبِّئَنَّهُمْ بِأَمْرِهِمْ هَذَا You will inform them about this incident, what they did to you, what happened to you later on. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ Whilst they will not know that it's Yusuf, they will not know who you are later on. Another interpretation is Allah Jalla wa'ala inspired to Yusuf alayhi salam وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْهِ لَتُنَبِّئَنَّهُمْ بِأَمْرِهِمْ هَذَا O oh, Yusuf, basically you will inform them about this incident later on. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ And they, the brothers, could not feel, they did not know that Allah Jalla wa'ala was inspiring to him at the time, giving him this glad tidings. Some of the scholars mention that this shows that Yusuf alayhi salam was given nubuwa at a very young age. In the same way, for example, Isa alayhi salam, he spoke when he was still in the cradle. And some of the scholars mention he was also given nubuwa at a very young age. Others mention that this was Allah jalla wa'ala inspiring to Yusuf alayhi salam, giving him this glad tiding. But it was not a sign of his prophethood yet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives Yusuf alayhi salam glad tidings, basically telling him that he was going to survive and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy for him. Allah then says, speaking about the brothers who go back home, وَجَاءُوا أَبَاهُمْ عِشَاءً يَبْكُونَ And they returned back home to their father in the evening whilst they were crying. Look at how they had planned this well before. They executed the plan and now they come home crying. And this shows us that not everybody who claims to be a well-wisher, not everybody who cries in front of us is always truthful. Allah Jalla wa'ala then says, speaking about the brothers and the story they came up with, they say, قَالُوا يَا أَبَانَا Oh, our father, إِنَّا ذَهَبْنَا نَسْتَبِقُ We went. What did they do? The Mufassirin mentioned نَسْتَبِقُ could mean that they were racing on foot. Or it could mean that they were racing with horses. Or it could mean they were competing when it came to archery. So the brothers are telling Ya'qub alayhi salam, إِنَّا ذَهَبْنَا نَسْتَبِقُ وَتَرَكْنَا يُوسُفَ عِنْدَ مَتَاعِنَا and we left Yusuf to look after our stuff. And the wolf ate him up. And you will not believe us. Even though we are telling the truth. Look at how they lie. They did something bad. And they're telling their father that this was so terrible. And it's something that 
basically you had warned us about before. And as you mentioned, it happened as you thought. Exactly as you thought, it happened. But you won't believe us. A few ahkam or a few things the scholars mention at this verse. One of them is when it comes to competitions. As we all know, in Islam, there are certain competitions which are allowed when it comes to uh, sport, etc. To summarize the topic, it's been mentioned in a lot of detail, but to summarize it, when it comes to something that you can compete in, for example, a sport or anything else, it's generally of three categories. The first category being things which the Sahaba radiallahu anhum did, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam allowed, and he spoke about its virtue. For example, camel racing and horse racing and archery, etc. Here, there is evidence to show that it's allowed and something encouraged. The, the second category are things which are permissible. They're not haram. There's nothing showing that they're haram. And there's nothing showing that it's clear-cut encouraged. For example, some of the sports we have today. For example, if two people are playing uh, tennis or football, etc., as long as there's nothing haram, it's still permissible. The third is when it comes to something which is impermissible, where there is harm to somebody, where there is some sort of haram going on, a haram sport or a haram competition, not necessarily a sport, maybe a competition, then that would be impermissible. After speaking about competing with people in this, then we get to another mas'ala that the ulama always mention, which is taking money when it comes to competitions. People who are competing, are they allowed to compete for prize money? As we know in the hadith, the Messenger mentions how there should be no prize money except when it comes to three things. When it comes to horse racing, camel racing and archery. People who are competing in these sports, they are allowed to compete for prize money. Then there is more detail. Who puts down the prize money? Is one competitor allowed to put it or do both competitors have to put it or somebody else, a third party who's not competing? So when we come to, as we mentioned, the first category of competing, things which are allowed, things which are encouraged, so to say, horse racing, camel racing, and when it comes to archery. Here, when it comes to taking prize money on top of it, if the prize money is put from an outside party, so somebody who's not competing and they say, you know what, we have this tournament for horse racing. Bring your horses, whoever wins, we will give you this prize. Then here it is permissible because there is no harm upon the competitors. We move to the second category. If, let's say, two people are competing and only one is putting the prize money and he says, you know what, for example, let's say I have a horse and you have a horse and I tell you that let's race and whoever wins I will put $100. Here, this is also allowed because the hadith shows that this is something which is permissible. The third category is where both of them are putting money. So myself and yourself, you put 100 and I put 100. The scholars have a lot of detail when it comes to this. And Allah knows best, but it is also permissible because of the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Some of them mention that a person should bring a muhallil. A muhallil means a third person now 
independent who's not putting any money in order to make it fair. So in the first instance, if it's only me and you racing, one of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose. One of us is going to take all the money and one is going to lose and he's going to be harmed in some way. So some of them mention when it comes to the entering a muhallil or a third party who may win and we both may lose. And this has there's a lot of debate when it comes to it. And for those who want to know more about these masail, they should ask the scholars. So this is the first category in detail. Sports or competitions which the Sahaba radiallahu anhum themselves carried out and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam allowed it, encouraged it and also allowed prize money when it came to it. The second category are things which are permissible. So for example, running or as we mentioned, tennis and football and whatever it may be, as long as there's no haram involved. Here are people allowed to compete for prize money. Most of the scholars of today, they say that if the prize money or the prizes, if the prize money is being provided by a third party, a party that is not competing in the actual competition, then this is permissible because none of the teams will be harmed. The teams are not putting money and one will take and the other will not take. As for if both the teams are putting money or one of the teams are putting money, then again, there is a lot of detail and there are quite a few scholars who don't allow this. But again, uh, it's important to ask for more detail and to ask a reputable scholar. The only reason I mention this or I mention these masail is so we know that these things exist in Islam. So not only are we taught about salah and zakah, we taught about buying and selling, we also taught about competitions, we taught about prize money, we taught about so many things. The third category, things which are impermissible, competing in things which are impermissible, especially when it comes to things where there is harm, etc. Then even when it comes to taking money on these things, then it would not be allowed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Another important rule to mention when it comes to these things, the scholars mention that when it comes to a competition, so let's say uh, you're phoning into a competition, they're telling you that if you phone in or you answer these questions by text message, if you answer them, and you get everything right, we will send you a BMW, we will send you so much money. A lot of the times what happens is these competitions, a normal text message, if you're sending from me to you, maybe 50 cents. But when it comes to these competitions, they're charging five and ten dollars. So because they've got so many people entering, let's say from those fees, they make a million dollars and they give a car worth a hundred thousand. So here, a lot of the scholars say it would be impermissible because they are eating people's wealth bilbatil, without any justification. They are basically telling everybody, enter this competition. They are raising the costs, costs which are not there. They are trying to profit of everybody entering, giving away a little bit and pocketing the rest. However, if they're only using the fees just to cover and fees which are actually justified. So let's say a text message is... Uh, for example, a dollar, and they're charging everybody to enter this competition, the actual fees, then it would be allowed. And the reason for this, going back to the rule I wanted to mention, is the scholars say anytime you have a competition, you must look if you are salim or ghanim. Salim basically means that you are safe, you are not losing any money, you can only 
gain. So as long as you between one of these two things, then inshallah it would be permissible. That's why a lot of scholars, they mention when it comes to things which are pure luck, there's no skill involved. So for example, sometimes you have these uh, casino machines where a person may put in a dollar and he may get uh, a jackpot or he may get three in a row here. He's putting money, so he's losing. He's not safe. And there's a chance that he may win. It's something by chance completely. Here, it would not be allowed because he is not safe or winning. He is either losing or winning. And it's a very long mas'ala. It's something important to mention. But generally, if you take by this rule, as long as you're either between safety or winning, then inshallah, it's okay. And hence, you would be able to see how when people are playing uh, card games, for example, or other games which may be permissible, why money and betting would not be allowed. Because this is a rule we take in the Sharia. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Getting back to the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, Allah jalla wa ala mentions how the brothers not only came crying, they also tried to come with some sort of evidence to back up their story. Allah says, ala And they came with the shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam, and this shirt had false blood on it. Some of the Mufassirin mentioned that they killed a small animal or they killed a small sheep. They took the shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam and they put the blood from this animal on the shirt. And they came to their father trying to convince him that our story is true and this is what happened. And if you don't believe us, here's his shirt. You can see it. Ya'qub alayhi salam, immediately looking at this shirt, he realizes that something doesn't make sense. How can a wolf eat Yusuf and his shirt has not been torn, his shirt is not tatty, his shirt here, the one they've brought, is completely intact. There's something wrong. Some of the Mufassirin mentioned that Ya'qub even said, if a wolf ate him, then indeed this wolf was very merciful. So immediately he knew that something was off. And this ayah also shows us that people who are judging, or even if you've got a dispute with somebody, sometimes they may not have clear evidence. However, there may be some sort of clue or qarina that's either pointing towards their innocence, especially when it comes to their innocence, or it may be pointing towards them being guilty. However, because you don't have evidence, as we will see with Ya'qub what his response is, he knew that something was off, but he didn't have solid evidence. He didn't believe them, definitely. But he didn't have solid evidence to say that definitely they did this. Allah Jalla wa ala then says, Ya'qub alayhi salam tells them, Qala bal sawwalat lakum anfusukum amra. In fact, this is something that your nafs and yourselves have beautified. You've made up a story, you've accepted it amongst yourselves, and basically you're trying to lie. It's something that you people have made up for sabrun jamil. I will have patience and I will be patient. Patience which is beautiful. Some of the scholars mention that sabrun jamil means patience which there is no complaining to anybody except to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Others mentioned that it also means Ya'qub alayhi salam knew something 
or he knew that what they were saying was incorrect and they were lying. But he told them that our relationship between one another, basically, I know you did something, but I will treat you in the same way I was treating you before this incident. I will still be good to you, etc. Allah Jalla wa Ala then says, Yaqub alayhi salam says, Wallahu al-musta'anu ala ma tasifun. And indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who his help is sought from. He is the only one we seek help from when it comes to what you people have described. Basically, when it comes to the lie you have mentioned. And this shows that sometimes you may be innocent. You may know something that others don't, but there's nothing to support you. There's no evidence. And these are difficult times. Here, Ya'qub alayhi salam, we can see going through something which he knows there's something of. He's got no evidence. That's why in Sahih al-Bukhari, Aisha radiallahu anha says, when she was accused of doing what she didn't, she says that the only thing I can say is what Ya'qub alayhi salam said. And then she read this verse because she knew she was innocent. She had no evidence to prove that she was innocent. So the only thing she could do at the time was be patient. For all those going through difficulty, through hardship, through things or in situations where you know you've done nothing wrong, but you've got nothing to prove that you are innocent, be patient. It is the test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was his test for the Nabis and people who were better than us. And it will also be a test for those who believe. Another interesting point when it comes to this verse some of the scholars mention that the shirt of Yusuf salam is mentioned in the story three times or on three occasions. And on all three occasions, there is a sign in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows a sign. This is the first instance. And we see how from the shirt, Ya'qub salam was able to tell that the sons were lying. The second, as we will see later on, bi'ithnillah, where the wife of the Aziz is trying to seduce Yusuf salam. And one of the things that show his innocence is the fact that his shirt is torn from behind. And the third instance at the end of the story, Yusuf sends his shirt with his brothers to his father because his father had lost his eyesight. And he says, when you reach, throw my shirt on my father's eyes and he will be able to see. The point I want to mention is look at the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was able to show signs in something where we wouldn't necessarily take a sign off. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to show us and to give us things through means which we may all know, which are normal, so to say. And at times he may give us or show us things through means which are not the norm. And also at times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may grant us and give us and show us things through other things which we did not imagine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us conviction and to grant us goodness. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.